This is Shelby Hansen, and you're listening to episode 48, How to Harness Flow Energy. Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. All right, welcome to episode 48. I'm so happy to have you here today. And today we're going to be talking about a really special topic. I'll move out of the way for those of you looking on YouTube, watching here. Today's topic is how to harness flow energy. Now, if you are in the chronic illness world, you may have started to learn a little bit about your nervous system. And it's something that I coach my clients on a lot because fear, whenever you get into the survival state of fear, it instantly puts you into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And from one of these four survival states, it makes it so that you, your access to your prefrontal cortex is just impossible. You are in survival. You are trying to stay alive. And many of the symptoms that people with chronic illness have become worsened or more exaggerated when you are in fight or flight. And I talk a lot about how to take care of yourself when you're in those states and also how to expand the time of being in a more aligned state instead of being spending so much time in this fight or flight um, parasympathetic uh, nervous system energy. And so today I really wanted to focus on the parasympathetic and the way that I like to think about it is the flow state. Okay. It's funny because my parents are in, actually in the energy business, like literally they help to ensure hydroelectric energy plants. So that's the kind of energy that I'm talking about, which is kind of, it's kind of a fun play because those of us with chronic illnesses experience low energy. And so I thought it'd be fun to kind of play around with some of the energy types that we're familiar with. And so when I was looking up what flow energy is, the very first thing that came up was talking about physical energy that we use to power our houses and um, charge our cell phones and go, you know. So I wanted to share this definition that I found. And it says that those things that come from the earth it talks about are called primary energy flow. So the pi- primary energy flow includes harnessing wind power, solar power, hydropower, wave power, tidal power, and geothermal power. Because flows take advantage of energy in Earth's systems, flows tend to replenish their energy supply. This is why flows are usually thought of as renewable and often sustainable. And so even though that's playing with the physical energy that we have in our world to light up our lights actually in our homes and Every, everything that we do, I feel like. I just thought it was really fun to think about how our energy is possible to also be renewed. And it's also really fun to think about how it's sustainable and it comes from 
our connection with nature and earth because those are some of the most healing things that have helped me to replenish my energy. Thinking about energy as something that's renewable and something that's replenishable. Okay, the actual flow state that I want to talk about today, um, one of the definitions that I found from that is that flow state, often known colloquially as being in the zone, is the mental state in which a person performing some activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement, and enjoyment in the process of the activity. So I want to take a moment to ask you, when is the last time you felt that way? When you had an energized focus, full involvement, and really enjoyment in the process of the activity. Now, this isn't something that happened super recently, but I remember accessing this flow state and being in it a few years ago. My husband had just finished his a really big assignment for his PhD. I don't remember if it was he passed some big test or he, you know, it was, it was something really major. And we were living in Michigan and we took the kids to the Tulip Festival in Holland, Michigan, which if you are in this part of the country or want to come to this part of the country, it was absolutely beautiful. The tulips are gorgeous. And we went to one of the farms where they have the tulips and we went back behind where the, the flower gardens were and we ate lunch and we had, there was this it was, it was in the springtime, so there was green grass, a really big tree, and we had, my sister was there with her five kids, we had our four kids, and we just sat and ate, and then we stood up and played and danced. My husband was so happy because he had just finished this big project, and I remember playing Red Rover with the kids and Ring Around the Rosie, just really enjoying that time, savoring that time. And in that moment, it felt like the time was just lasting forever. And then I never wanted it to end. And I was full of this energy, this in, this energized focus. And I can still remember like what the blades of the grass looked like and the blanket and the kids' faces that were laughing. During that time, I didn't have to worry about do I have enough energy for this? It was just naturally coming to me because I was in that aligned state. And that and when you think about it, when when is the last time you had that? Was the first question I had for you. And also, thinking about how often we get into this fear based like this survival state, how do you stay in this energy flow state for longer? How do you bring about that state into your life. That's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Um, there's actually a book that is written about flow and I can't say his name. I'm so sorry. Um, the book is just titled flow and it, his first name is Mahali. It's a very long last name that starts with a CS. So one of the things that he says in his book is of all the virtue, all of the virtues we can learn no trait is more useful, more essential for survival, and more likely to improve the quality of life than the ability to transform adversity into an enjoyable challenge. Okay, if you have a chronic illness, you have a challenge, you have an adversity in front of you, especially if you have a diagnosis. Actually, especially if you don't have a diagnosis, you just have symptoms in your body 
you experience a lot of fatigue, maybe there's some nausea, maybe there's some pain, you have this adversity that's just in your face all the time. Flow is being able to transform even those challenging pieces of it into an enjoyable challenge. And as you know, I think that all feelings are equal. I don't think that that feelings are amoral. They don't have a, there's not a good or a bad. We may feel more comfortable or uncomfortable with different emotions, but that doesn't mean that we have to take something that's challenging and decide, I'm just going to feel good about that. That's like more of the toxic positivity. And that part, like I've had plenty of podcasts that talk about that. So it's not that you want to think a positive thing about a negative thing in your life. It's thinking about how can I take this thing that is really challenging for me and how can I make it a net positive in my life? And one of those things that I think is really diving into control versus trust. Now, when you are trying to control the outcome of something, it really it really puts you into more of that survival state. It's like that pushing energy that I've got to have this outcome or else something, which usually is or else I'm going to talk bad about myself to myself and then feel a bad emotion. (laughs) All air quotes because none of them are bad, but we don't want to feel that. So we try to control the situation. You try to look and see what's the best outcome possible for everybody in this and let me make sure that one happens. The problem is that it takes you out of this aligned state. And this aligned flow state is where some really magic things happen. Okay, something that I like to think about for flow is that when I, flow is energy, or the flow, hello, let me go back. Flow is an energetic state. And emotions, the way I like to think about them is energy in motion in your body. So how to come to a flow state, energy state, is to be generating emotions on purpose that bring you into that aligned flow state. And there's so many of them, but some of my very favorites to generate are openness, optimism, satisfaction, alignment, pleasure, and curious confidence. I don't say confidence here because if you are confident in something, it's not an enjoyable challenge anymore. It's just an inevitability. When you're curiously confident about like, I think I could do this, but I haven't done it before. And so I'm going to try. And you're really just zoned into that process. Oh my gosh, it is so fun. There's a few times that I have experienced that. One of those times, I think I've shared early on in the podcast was when I was learning how to snowboard. Now, I went to high school in Hawaii, and when we moved for me to go to college, I went to college in Utah. And the weather's very different there, obviously, but we, our family loves to be outside. And so I decided, hey, if it's gonna be cold and I'm gonna be by mountains and there's gonna be all this white stuff around, all this snow, I want to learn how to do something to take advantage of those aspects of outside. And so my freshman year of college, I really went all in on, I want to learn how to snowboard. That looks amazing. It looks really fun. And if you've seen snowboarders or skiers before, just carving down the mountain with just 
ease and flow. Literally, they are flowing down the mountain. I was just like, I want to experience that feeling. I want to be, I want to know how to do that. So I spent the first season of learning how to snowboard falling on my butt a lot. (laughs) In fact, I actually like found ways to like put padding like on my butt because my tailbone was getting so many bruises. But I was willing to do that and willing to feel the bruises and willing to fall down over and over and over again because I loved it, because I found it to be an enjoyable challenge. I was in that energized focus with full involvement and I was really enjoying the process because I kept thinking over and over again, I'm learning how to snowboard. I'm going to be a snowboarder. And because of that, energy that I was bringing to it, that curious confidence, I did. And now I know how to snowboard. I may not be amazing at it anymore. And I live in Ohio where there's no mountains, my friends. We need some mountains around here. But if you give me a boots and a board, I can go. Okay. The next thing that I want to talk about is I kind of discussed this a little bit, but like when we try to control the direction or the effect of what's going to happen, there's just too many variables to account for. And so it's actually really a lot easier to focus on the destination. So I think about, um, I love, I love water things. Snow is water too, but I love water activities. And I think about kayaking or canoeing or paddle boarding down a river and this is the, the, the thing that I keep in my mind, when, especially when I'm thinking about flow, is I have the opportunity to get on the kayak and to go down the river and let the river take me where it goes, where it flows. And if I put my paddle in and I go, and I go towards that direction, I'm going to go even faster. And one of the places we would go in Michigan, we would, we would go up north and we would start in this little river and it would spit us out at Lake Michigan. And it was so fun to go down each little piece of this winding river as we were paddling along, but we didn't have to paddle all the time because the flow was stronger in some places than others. And I didn't even have to keep track of the directions because I knew that the river was going to flow to the lake. And this is this concept can be used to think about our lives too. I want to s- share three specific areas that I think we get into like this over-controlling mode about. There's lots of them, but I just want to talk about three. First one is raising kids. Like we think if you can control your child and help help them make all the right choices, put them in all the right things and they do all the right stuff that that will somehow equal this summation of a successful life for your child. Unfortunately, there's too many variables. There's too many variables to understand exactly what your child's path is going to be. And their needs are different than your needs. And their perspective is different than yours. And so when you start to come into this flow space where you're trusting them trusting your instincts as a parent. And for me, spiritually trusting in God that he is first their father and that he has their best interest in mind, then it helps to let go of that control. So I'll give you one small example for this. Like 
a lot of when you have little kids, nap time is very crucial, especially if you have chronic fatigue. And we want the kids to sleep so that we can get some rest. And it's so funny. This this post just popped up on my Facebook yesterday. Uh, It's my my daughter is turning 13 pretty soon. And I had a memory came up about when my son that's older than her was, he was two years old. And I was writing that he was just starting to um, buck taking his his naps. Like he didn't want to take naps anymore. And I was nine months pregnant and I was freaking out because I was like, how am I going to take care of this baby? And I it was at the end of pregnancy too. Like, how am I going to get the rest I need if he's not sleeping? And so what did I do? Like go into over control mode. <laughs> like I'm going to make you sleep. I'm going to threaten you. I'm going to tell you to do this, all of these things. And it didn't help. Like he didn't end up taking a nap. And, and I really thought, oh, this is for him. Like he really needs to nap. This is, this is his thing. But really I needed the rest. And I came up with some really creative solutions that did include him always taking a nap, but to get the needs met that I needed in the moment, because we often try to control other people when we are not thinking about what is the need that I actually have in this moment that's not getting met. I think if they change, then I can get the need met. But that's just not true. We can always be this, have this curious confidence that, hey, I need some extra rest. I need some extra whatever. I'm going to go about trying to find out how I can foster that need without having to change the person. I mean, it's great. If he started to take naps again, I would take it. <laughs> He's 15 now, so this is like long ago. But if he had, if he had changed, awesome. But you don't need people to change for you to feel better and for you to find solutions that are going to work really well for you. Okay, number two, where we try to control too much. Sometimes physical goals. Now, I... You might have different things that you've done to help improve your health. I always feel like the first thing people tell you is diet <laughs> and supplements. They're like, you need to be taking this and this. And I think that they have their place, but I don't think that those things are going to solve for chronic fatigue and being so tired and exhausted as much as taking care of yourself and how you're dealing with the stresses that you're facing. I think that has a much bigger impact than what you eat. <laughs> don't don't come at me with hate, but that's what I have seen in my life is that the way that you're coming at these physical health goals, if you're coming at it from a from an angle of trying to control versus trusting that healing is on its way, your body responds accordingly. I remember this. I I know many of you have done elimination diets and I have done my fair share. I have done, I've done just about every elimination diet that you can imagine trying to bring down the inflammation in my body. And there was one, there was a couple of times, there was one time um, when I was really ill and I had done this elimination diet and it was really challenging. It was one of the most challenging ones that I had done. But I really had a big why when I was doing it. I was like, I really want to experiment and see if I do this, if this will help my kidney function, if this will help me to not be, not need a kidney transplant. And so the how became really easy because I was trusting that I had this curious confidence. I'm like, I think that I can do this. 
And I contrast that with after um, after my son was born a few years later, um, I, I actually did a different elimination diet. And I was just like white knuckling the whole time. I was like, you know what? This is the last one I'm ever doing. I'm never doing this again. I didn't realize that that force energy that I was just like, I'm never doing this again. It was literally putting me in the survival state. And I wasn't feeling any pleasure or any healing during that time. And it had so much less to do with the foods I was eating and so much more to do with how I was viewing the process of eating these foods. And spoiler alert, I actually eat everything now without any, um, without any kinds of um, physical impacts because of this nervous system regulation that I'm talking about. Okay, third place is relationships. And a lot of times we think, like I said, if I could just change this person, if I could control their behavior, then I would get to feel better. And that might be true, but the problem is that we don't have control over other people. We can try to influence and we can ask, but at the end of the day, it's up to you how you will decide to feel and how you will decide to take care of yourself, especially if you feel disappointed because they're not changing. Are you allowing your body to welcome in disappointment and understand that and then decide what you want to do from there? Because nobody can make you feel anything without your permission because it's always your thought creating your feelings. Other people doing things doesn't create your emotion. What you think about what other people are doing is what always creates your emotion. Okay, I'm going to move into the final segment, which is my top thoughts that I use to get into the flow state for me personally. And I hope that you can add on, you can leave a podcast review or a YouTube comment and tell me if there's any thoughts that you use in order to generate emotions that get you into the flow state of that openness, curiosity, optimism, um, satisfaction. I'm trying to think. There's another one that I really love. Um, sufficient. That's the one. Sufficiency. Okay. So here's my top thoughts. First one. This is going to be fun. When you can find enjoyment in anything that you're doing, boom, energy is going to increase because it brings you into that alignment parasympathetic state where you have access to your prefrontal cortex and that intense focus. Okay. I want to share last week on the podcast, I shared a quote from um, Adrian Marie Brown, and I'm going to share one again. This is from her book, Pleasure Activism. And she says, yes, is the way. When it was time to move to to Detroit, time to leave my last job, time to pick up a meditation practice, I knew because it gave me pleasure when I made and lived into that decision. So think about what the thing in front of you is not fun, but you have the opportunity to make it fun if you want to. Okay, number two thought, I was made for this. Like I think about all of the physical challenges that I have been through, um, kidney failure, kidney transplant, nearly failed kidney transplant, pregnant on the transplant list. Like there's a long list and that's just like a few of them. And I think about each one of those challenges that I went through, each one of those adversities, I've been able to transform that into an enjoyable challenge. Okay, 
How am I gonna kick kidney diseases butt? How am I gonna help other people along the way? How am I going to make this for me and for other people? Because I was made for this. And that really brings me into this sufficient place like I was telling you about. Okay, thought number three. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to love me more. Now, I use this a lot when those waves of fatigue hit. I'm like, you know what? This is not an opportunity for me to beat myself up because I did something wrong and that's why I'm feeling um, exhausted and feeling overwhelmed. No, 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 no. This is an opportunity to love me more. So while I'm in that lower energy state, I'm using, oops, hit the microphone. I'm using my my compassion and my thoughts that I've decided ahead of time. Remember last week we talked about making decisions ahead of time? Decide ahead of time. This is how you're going to treat yourself when your body is not cooperating how you want it to. It's always an opportunity to love yourself more. Okay, number four. Every emotion is safe. And my body is a safe place to feel them all. When you start to feel really terrible, especially in your body, it's usually because you're resisting some sensation. And they're, they're physical sensations. They might even be physically painful. But the pain is being amplified if you are resisting it and you are trying to run away, flight, run away from how you're feeling in your body. When you are allowing yourself to understand my body is safe and this is where I'm supposed to be feeling all of these things, it brings you into that alignment. Okay, fifth and last thought to bring you into a state, into the flow state. I love what I'm creating. Look around in your life. Look at all of the things that you have brought into your life and give yourself credit for it because you probably live a pretty incredible life. I mean, if you are listening to the podcast or watching this on YouTube, I already know something about you. You have access to the internet. That's amazing. You probably have access to good, healthy foods. You probably have access to clean water. Those are just the basics. And if you think about those things that you're allowing into your life and you really love what you're creating, It helps you to get into that energized focus, full involvement and enjoyment in the process of whatever activity it is you are doing. All right. I hope that these things have helped you and to really think about how can I generate and harness this flow energy to work for me in those moments when I don't really know what to do. I can harness this energy and start to live more out of this place of abundance and rest and peace with myself. All right, I'll see you next week. If you're interested in signing up for your free 30-minute Double Your Energy this week call, I'm only opening up three slots each week, starting the week of October 23rd. Grab yours before they're gone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's get coaching together today. I hope you have a wonderful week as you take your power back on creating beauty wherever you go.